Hello, this is Reb Brad. You're listening to the From the Touchline podcast. We're coming closer to the end of our special podcast series here during the season of Advent. Christmas is drawing ever nearer. Since the 8th century, the church has been singing the O Antiphons. The O Antiphons are so named as each line begins with an O. Perhaps the most famous of these are the words in verse which begins, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Now an antiphon is a short sentence or a phrase which is sung or recited before or after a psalm or canticle. Altogether, there are seven antiphons. These are usually sung in the evening, each antiphon getting its own special time for pause and reflection. And all this happening in the week leading up to Christmas. In a moment, I'll share a short reflection, and then the antiphon will be read and then sung. Feel free to sing along or to simply listen to what Jesus is saying to you during this season of Advent. So before we get started this week, I wanted to take a moment and address something. Now, maybe it's a conversation that's only happening in my head, but it sounds like something like this. Rebrat, what are we doing here on this podcast? You're a football chaplain, a soccer chaplain. This is Soccer Chaplains United. Why are we talking about Advent and we've got these readings and singing and all this stuff going on? Football's fun. It's a beautiful game. No. Anyway. The conversation seems to go this way, and I've, I've had this in my head for a long time. You know, maybe it's just me. Yes, it does feel weird. It feels strange. It feels like I'm talking to myself a lot, and I keep having this conversation saying things like, well, it's my podcast. Maybe not for very long if no one's listening. Hey, look, I know certainly the music and the singing could be better. Or, or I'm saying things like, well, am I just geeking out over Advent? You know, sometimes my own kids are telling me, Dad, it's not Advent yet. The church doesn't have the wreath up. The sanctuary hasn't changed the colors. We're not singing the songs yet. Or, Dad, my Catholic friends are wondering what we're talking about by saying Advent has started. It's the four Sundays before Christmas. What's this Celtic Advent business? Well, certainly a lot of that's true. I, I know I'm different. I know I'm strange. I'm weird. But I feel that the themes and messages of waiting, of Advent, they apply so much in football. You see, I see all these spaces where we're waiting. I see the anxiety and concern coming over people in the beautiful game. And I guess I just take this podcast and and the things going through these Advent antiphons is just one way for me to try and point out that, hey, other people wait. Like, we can do this. It's, it's okay. We can get through this. Because I see all these different situations. You know, I, I watch as a club makes a manager change. Everyone's waiting. People are wondering, will the new manager like me? Will I have a job? Will I get a new contract? Will I be in the lineup or out of it? I watch as a manager's on a hot seat. 
you know, they're, they're just waiting for the executives to come walk down the hall or to ask for that post match day meeting and deliver the news and say, Hey, we're moving on. I see other moments. I see moments when athletes are out of contract and hoping and waiting for news that they've got a team, a place to play, a, a wage that they can earn. Or other moments, you know, a footballer's in recovery and they're working back from an injury or they're trying to break into a lineup or they're trying to see like if they can get that scholarship or move on to that, that next place, that next moment. There are other moments when a fan base is waiting, waiting for some football messiah, you know, a star striker, a dazzling number 10, or some brilliant manager to come and bring the club up. Sometimes the wait is for news about a points deduction or some sort of league action. In all these spaces, I see people waiting. From the fans to the footballers, I mean, even the post-match cleaners are waiting for the ground to clear out and the cleanup to begin. Waiting spaces are hard. How can we wait well? And here's where I think that Advent helps us, especially if you're a Christian person in football. You see, there are examples, people who have had to wait. There are resources. There's songs and scriptures and other words. There are practices. There are liturgies and rhythms. Each of these things helps us in our own waiting spaces. So, if you tuned into the podcast, let me say thanks. I know it's probably not your typical soccer-related podcast. Sometimes it seems like a bit of a stretch being made here, but I promise you, if you take a moment and consider and look, I think that there's something really rich here. So in this fifth week of Advent, we examine the fifth Advent antiphon. Listen to the words. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. You know, centering in on this title, Dayspring, it's a bit old, but old things are good when we understand them. Dayspring carries this meaning of the dawn or the first morning light. This is a title for Jesus, which comes from Luke chapter 1, verse 78. In this passage, the, the, the bigger passage, the prophet Zechariah, this is John the Baptist's dad. He's, he's talking and he's kind of singing and saying this, this poetic thing. And he, he talks about the rising sun, which will come to us from heaven. Now, I think a lot of us have heard the phrase, it's always darkest before the dawn. It, it dates back to the 18th century. English theologian and historian Thomas Fuller wrote this. He's, he's traveling around the Holy Land of Israel and and he writes us out uh, as he's kind of contemplating some different things. And, and sometimes people use this phrase to comfort people who are in deep distress, people who are waiting for good news, some type of salvation or rescue. I don't know if you've ever felt that the darkness was, you know, quote unquote, most dark before the dawn. I don't even know if this is physically true, but I do think there's a certain emotional, spiritual and psychological truth to this. I recall many moments when I've been camping up in the mountains of Colorado. I don't have my phone around. I don't have a clock or watch or any other type of device. I, I don't know for certain when the sunrise is coming, but, but sometimes you're, you're waiting for it. You're anticipating it. And, you know, in those moments when I'm, when I'm awake before the dawn actually happens, I can't tell if it's really darker, you know, and, the, and night is, is the most dark at that time. 
But certainly, I can tell you this, it certainly feels colder. So I think sometimes this darkness feeling darker is really because we've endured it longer. And our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our souls are waiting for the light of day. And and there's something in us that keeps saying, "I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Just hold on. Just wait. Just stay warm a little bit longer. Morning's coming. Day is coming. And I think that as that light breaks the horizon, as, as you start to feel that sort of ambient light start to grow and, and you've got that bluish hue coming, it, it reminds us the day is coming. One more day, the light of day. Can I hold on just a little bit longer? One more day can mean a world of difference. Just think if you and I could have one more day, one more day playing the beautiful game, whether you're a footballer who's, who's had to hang up the boots or you're a manager that, that wishes you could manage one more game. Think of one more day with the loved one that we've had to say goodbye to. You know, maybe it's someone who is, who is off to university. Maybe it was someone, though, that passed away. What would one, one more day look like? One more day to make things right. One more day to set, set our affairs in order and so on. One more day. David, the brilliant warrior king of Israel, prolific poet and psalmist, he writes of his own night and day waiting experience. In Psalm 30, verse 5, he says this, Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Here, David's talking about his own relationship with God. I don't know if it's exactly related into this, but David wasn't permitted to build the temple of the Lord. Even though he was a quote-unquote man after God's own heart, God had told him, you have too much bloodshed on your hands. And so uh, this psalm is actually used in the dedication of, of different buildings, like the palace, maybe the temple. And, and David's reference here to the weeping, he's really talking about as it remains for a night, it describes the brevity of how grief is. It, it comes for a short night's stay. And, and this in comparison to God's goodness and his favor. Of course, these things feel different for us. We're captive to the bounds of time. A night for us doesn't seem momentary, especially when we're going through it, especially when we're going through something hard. In those moments, we may feel as though our night will never end. But here is where the words of Zechariah and the words of David help us to have perspective. There has been a night which has started ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God and broke fellowship with him. But we hold on to the promise that the day spring will arrive. Dawn will come. Morning will break. And, and what's going to happen is the gloom, the shadows of night are going to be dispersed, dispelled. They're going to go away. This is why in Luke 1, 79, Zechariah's prophetic song continues. And he speaks of the rising sun coming to, quote, shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. I think Zechariah gets it. He speaks to the condition we find ourselves in. He speaks to our relationship with God, which has been severed. We're stumbling around in darkness. Death is ever before us, but Jesus is coming and he's the difference maker. He's the light of a new day. He is the day spring coming into our world, moving into the neighborhood. Oh, rising sun, you are the splendor of eternal light and the sun of justice. O come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. 
Oh, come thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and as dark shadows.